Hey, everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and here we are, another year, another Oscars. And uh, to help me break down this year's Oscar categories, this year's Oscar ballot, my brother, Stephen Klein. Stevie, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me back. As uh, has become usual and custom, I guess, for these kind of special episodes, I appreciate the, the appearance. Yeah, I mean, it's more of a, it's a guest thing, so, you know, just kind of uh no no of course always always glad to have you on here and one day i i I, guys listeners uh all i'll say i'm not going to reveal anything on this episode it's coming on a later episode but there are some big things coming for comics and cinema and all i gotta say is if i get my way uh and i always pray that i do for the listeners uh maybe next year we can have our own oscar uh sort of like on cinema Oscar thing. Certainly it'll be very different from that. It will not be eight hours long, but maybe a little bit of a live. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, don't, don't quote me on it. All I'm saying is the Oscars is very, uh, very exciting time of the year. It's that time for us to honor all of those movies that we haven't seen yet. Uh, that are a little too artsy for the mainstream audience. And then we have our quick scramble to get them all under our belts before the actual awards come out so that we can sit down and enjoy a three to four hour romp on TV that by the end of it, we wish we hadn't have been sitting on the couch that entire time. So uh, with that in mind, Stevie, and the reason I I bring that up too, is that I wanted to start with this. There's a, there's a little bit of a controversy coming out uh, for surprise, surprise uh, every year. There's a new one, but uh, this right. one seems to be something that sticks. If you remember, there's some famous controversies from the past. The, the biggest one I can think of is the po- most popular film category. If you remember that they threw oh, that out yeah. as a uh, option and immediately struck it down after there was a ton of outrage I was thinking of the classic hashtag Oscars so white. That's right. There was the, there was that one year they had Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby as co-hosts. Oh, that was definitely problematic. That had to have been. And I'm gonna have to look that up. I bet that was like 2016, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, that was that was very it was recent. Pretty, it was pretty. It was, it was right before they got sent it was off. Right before he went to jail, both of them. Both of them at the like in the same paddy wagon. Their last huzzah, yeah. That's right, yeah, yeah. So there's safe to say the Oscars is steeped in it. That little Oscar statue is uh, you peel that gold black gold back and it's, it's uh, gilded. It's not. It's probably not even real gold. It's, just that's, it's probably just plastic underneath, and uh, and they still have to pay for it if I remember correctly. So there's a lot of issues with the Oscars, and this year's controversy, which I'm excited to talk about with you because I I, I can see both sides of this is they are cutting out, uh, they've decided that eight awards, best documentary short, always our favorite, best film editing, best makeup and hairstyling, best original score, production design, animated short, live action short, uh, and best sound will be presented and accepted an hour before the televised show begins, and then a key piece that a lot of people are forgetting about, edited into the sub- subsequent broadcast. So based just on that, I don't want to talk. I'll mention at least one controversial opinion somebody has before, though. What are your thoughts on that? What do you think about that? So I'm pretty sure the Grammys do a similar thing with a lot of the awards that are not televised. And I understand doing it for time's sake. Obviously, the big issue is going to be which categories to remove. And as I'm listening, listening to your list there, some of them I'm like, okay, you know, documentary short, um, best sound. Like I understand some of those like more niche or technical ones. Uh, best score is kind of surprising. 
Um, and I, what it sounds like they're trying to streamline the show and yet they're still going to edit it into it. So I'm curious what, you know, what's the difference there? Cause are, yeah. they, are they still going to run through all the nominees with the award? And if so, what is the point of making this big dog and pony show about, okay, we're going to pre-record and edit them in. I don't know. We'll see what it looks like. I'm not, it doesn't bother me personally. I understand why they would make that decision, but of course you're going to have, you know, people who vie for any of those particular awards be upset that suddenly they're no longer part of the show. Exactly. And that's what, uh, that's what I was kind of getting at when I say this one's, this one excites me for the pure reason of, I'm always a big fan now because of my job of, of people trying new things. And so you've got a company here that is, uh, I was going to do a Trump impression, but is consistently getting lower and lower in ratings each year. Less and less people are tuning into the Oscars. Less and less people care about the Oscars, and especially with COVID, the pandemic. Why should they? And I, I think, uh, I don't remember his exact words, but I know Seth, your favorite guy, Seth Rogen, had a, a great comment about basically saying, who cares? And, you know, it's, it's a, he said, you know, there's not a award show for who makes the best cars for who's the best teacher. And I might be making these up now. I mean, that would be a cool one, like the world's best teacher, but no one else does award shows for themselves, except for, you know, Hollywood music, that sort of thing. So uh, at the end of the day, we shouldn't care, but we also do, we care a lot because it's something for us to watch and enjoy. But again, these are long. They're really long. And uh, they even said in this, like you said, they're, they're editing this into the broadcast. They're still trying to keep it at a tight three hours is what they said, which I, I don't know if I agree with tight, uh, but uh, I'm excited to at least see them trying something. And so I think before people get upset by it, and rightly so, at least see that they're trying something new. And I'm, I'm actually impressed and proud that they're sticking to their guns because there's been a lot of Hollywood uh, elite, or Hollywood royalty who have come out against it. And time after time, they're saying that they're going to keep it in. And, and the Academy president, I'm reading this from uh, this uh, article, but it says Academy president David Rubin, who announced it, told Deadline, I can't imagine that we're not going to deliver the Oscar experience that both the nominees and the audience have been wanting and are dreaming about. That's pushing it. Uh, he said, we feel really good about this plan. It feels inclusive and respectful and celebratory. So again, at this point, we can only go off their word. I'm excited to see what I wanted to call out, though, was uh, resident royalty, uh, Mr. Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah. uh, he ha had a thought. He said, he said, when I look back and I think without John Williams, Jaws would wear dentures. He said with West Side Story, when Tony's singing Tonight with Maria without production designer Adam Stockhausen, he'd be singing it on a stepladder and she'd be on the scaffolding all on this empty stage. And I'm thinking to myself, Stephen, do you know how movies work, though? Because they did make the music for your movie. It did happen. What you mean to say is without getting an award for it, you wouldn't have gotten the validation that you needed that John Williams was an amazing uh, recording uh, score man. And uh, which again, he doesn't need an award for, we all know that he's amazing, but I just thought that was so funny. Such a weird uh, way to describe your frustration. It's like, Oh, if you're not going to honor us, then, you know, none of our movies would have mattered. And it's like, well, it's not about the award that makes the movie matter. It's how you feel when you're watching the movie. Right. I understand what he's where he's coming from, though. Obviously, it's like you got to respect the people behind the scenes, and that's sure. why they they do have the awards for it too. 
but in a way maybe it's fitting that <laughs> the awards for the people behind the scenes are actually occurring behind the scenes there's the oscars <laughs> it is um, it is very ironic yeah uh, so, hey, like I said, I, I'm excited just to see something new. Last year's Oscars, I actually really liked for the weird way that they did everything with COVID. Oh, yeah. uh, it, it seemed it was really cool. I, there was a lot of it that I liked. There was a couple spots where I was like, ooh, that either, you know, they, they should have let this person speak. And, you know, they cut out certain people while they were talking. And it would have been really nice to hear what they had to say. I'm trying to remember what it was. But I remember I was like, wow, that was that was good. But then even by the end of it, even with that, though, I was like, this is still really long. So if they can whittle it down, if they, you know, it says it's at five and we're done by eight, I'll be happy. Um, but with that said, let's dive into uh, the movies, the films, the art itself. So uh, I know you and I, we've been talking for a while on this. Uh, this is the first year in a very long time that I can remember that I have seen every single Best Picture nominee before the Oscars. Uh, last year, I'm still missing the father. I still have not seen that. I'm waiting yeah. for it to come somewhere. And I swear I'm inches away from getting a Showtime subscription because there are so many movies on Showtime. I mean, all the Spider-Man movies apparently are on uh, Showtime. I believe it's either Showtime or Stars. But uh, the father is on Showtime for what I understand. But I, I just haven't done it yet. But this is the first year. And I know you've seen quite a few of these as well. I know you haven't seen all of them. But uh, let's start there. I'm going to call out all the best pictures. You tell me which ones of these you've seen. Um, and we'll, we'll just dive into them each, uh, you know, one at a time. So first one up I'm seeing on here is Belfast which is nominated for seven, uh, seven awards, including Best Picture, uh, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress. Uh, we'll get to the other ones like directing, but seven awards. Uh, I saw this one in theaters. It is only available in theaters. I think this was one of the ones you hadn't had a chance to see yet. Correct. Yeah, I did not see that one yet. looks interesting, mm -hmm. but I can't imagine it would be my Best Picture personally. Correct. Yeah. Uh, same way. I totally agree. I really enjoyed the movie and more than I thought I would, but compared to some of the other ones on here, I would also not rank it there. Next up is CODA, which is a uh, code for uh, children of deaf adults. Uh, and this is an Apple original film. So Apple's getting into the awards game, uh, which surprise, surprise means you can only see it right now on Apple or on American Airlines flights, which is where I saw mine. Uh, ah. It's also uh, nominated for three awards. Coda was awesome. Coda was so good. Coda, and I, it's funny, I've been seeing a lot of it too, of people talking about it. They won a very prestigious award with, I believe it was the SAG, the SAG Awards. They got, um, they got the best, best cast, which is like their, I don't think they have a best picture. They just have best cast because it's all yeah, about like actors. Best ensemble cast. Exactly. Like yeah. That. And so Coda won that. And they uh -huh. were, you know, there's a lot of pieces around, you know, they were not expecting that to happen. There's a couple of other awards at one as well. And they're saying that this may actually be one of those underdog upsets for mm -hmm. the Oscars, which I would be more than happy if Coda wins best picture. It's Only, up for best picture. Okay. It is. It is. It's up for best picture. And I, again, watching it, it's a feel good movie and it's, <laughs> it's a feel good movie in, a, I'd say a better sense than the green book was a feel good movie. But in the same sense of like, you know, the, the plot is very basic in that sense, yeah. right? It's it's something happens, something, you know, critical happens in the third of the movie where there's an issue and then that issue is resolved by the end of the movie and everyone's Alex, happy. You're describing all film. Yeah, almost all film. Well, <laughs> I don't know, because there's a, I'm thinking Dune. Dune's coming up on here. That's your rising act, your right, whatever you're 
rising, <laughs> falling, climax. That's right, exactly. But it's it's more readily apparent in these because you can tell when it's coming, but that does not make it less enjoyable. And in fact, in a way, it makes it almost more enjoyable for this movie because you're rooting for all of the characters in it. And it's a real, again, it's a story we haven't seen. I haven't seen right. a child of deaf parents in a really, ever maybe, uh, which is cool. Again, good, love that representation. Yeah. So next up, we've got Don't Look Up which I know both of us have seen. So Don't Look Up was nominated for four awards, including Best Picture, and is available on Netflix. Yeah, we watched that together, didn't we? We did, did we? yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. I, I uh, like that. I like, it's, you know, it's funny too, Stevie. I was reading an article the other day that it was saying something about basically just the issue people have with the Oscars right now. Because the other, the other thing they did was they they put out a kind of polling for uh, fan, it's like fan, fan awards <laughs> that I guess are going to be announced during the show of the fans chosen movie, which I think is their way of skirting around the fact that films like Spider-Man No Way Home were not nominated for Best Picture and, and agree or disagree about that. The, the article as I was reading, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'd love to hear somebody argue for No Way Home. And I was surprised because the article was not doing that. What the article was sharing was that this has been possibly one of the most diverse best picture groups in a long time. And I was like, oh, I guess. So they called Don't Look Up the kind of comedy movie that you're you're getting in the category. So they're like, you know, you got your comedy movie, you got a sci-fi movie, you got a foreign film, you've got True. a black and white movie, you've got a um a sports m- memoir movie you've got the the <laughs> your classic uh paul thomas anderson movie and and there's a musical and and all of this sort and a western and so I, I was like okay i can see that that actually makes it make sense it still doesn't excuse that no way home should have gotten a little a little bit more just a yeah, little I guess, bit alex i will make the concession that if they are trying to do that and include you know one from every patch it would make sense for them to pull in a marvel movie Right. I, I mean, make what, that pick, right now. make your category you know, of one of these 10 uh, best, either you could call it your best popular film, or honestly, that is your best superhero movie of the year. You look at the box office and the most popular films are all superhero movies, but there are certain instances where, and you haven't seen it yet, but like Batman, uh, I, I would put that, I'd be okay if that was on the nominees and same thing with no way home. Uh, but then, you know, you get into my fans of like, oh, I would love to have Eternals on there too, but I get it. We can't have everything that we want, but I do agree that Spider-Man uh, No Way Home is something that at least should have been acknowledged only if because of what it did to the box office last year in terms of really propping it up. And it was a good Alex, movie. My response to that is we were just talking about the controversy behind most popular best picture. Exactly. That category would be by design a way of rewarding the movie that made the most money, which guess what? They already got a reward. It's called making the most money. No, no I'm, right? I'm saying a, it within best picture. I'm just saying, if you've got, uh, you got Belfast, Belfast as your black and white movie. You got, don't look up as your comedy movie. Dune is your sci-fi movie. And you have to, and then you have a com- not, not because of the type of movie it is, but because it made money. Is that what you're getting at? No, no, no. I was saying like a comic book movie or oh, okay. a good, if, if there's yeah, a good no, that's one, what I was saying. yeah, exactly. No, I wasn't talking about the money piece. I'm just saying that that's that's another reason to consider to just be like, okay, but that's actually what the article was arguing was 
that just because a movie makes a ton of money does not mean that it deserves to be on the best picture category for the exact reason that you mentioned, because there's already a reward inherently there of them making the most money. So the thing you got to remember too, is that the Oscars is a, like, they'd probably tell you that they're in the business of, you know, awarding artistic value and, are those artistic type movies are not the ones that make money because people aren't really looking for art when they go to the movies as much as they're looking for entertainment so if there were a separate you know i think if you had like a people's choice awards that's where you'd have you know the value going to entertaining movies rather than artistic movies Mm -hmm. and that's another interesting conversation because there's there's not a lot of other categories that are that way to where you don't have, you know, at an art gala, someone coming in and saying, you guys didn't include this comic book on the wall. Like everybody loves this comic book and please just put it up on the wall. And it's like, okay, but that's not what we've been doing for the last, you know, 94 years in this case. So I get it. I think the equivalent there, Alex, would be saying that MoMA has to include in their exhibits the most liked post on Instagram from the last year. Even better, yes. And so it's funny because you, you say as the academy and and being on a network that we're trying to increase our viewership we're trying to get more people to watch the oscars and it's a very tight balance to say how can we how can we get more people to watch it when the things that we are honoring and rightly so honoring these people do not care about but it's millions of people that don't care about it versus a very tiny population of people that do care about it so it's i give them credit for where they're at i mean black panther won some oscars a couple years ago which was great uh but it just again i I think it's hard it's really hard to get into best picture but then you look at something like uh i mean west side story licorice pizza power of the dog and then you're like but how hard really is it to (laughs) to get in there so uh we'll keep moving on though uh next one up we got drive my car which is a i'm putting up here we got four so this one's got four uh nominations to its name including best picture available on hbo max uh you and i watched this movie uh the other weekend and it's a it's a long one it's a long movie and uh, but it was good I, i thought it was a good movie it was it was long and not in the same way that some other movies on here were long. It just felt long. And I think part of the reason it felt long was because true to its name, there's a lot of driving in it and there's a lot of introspection. There's a lot of just staring at people's faces. And so that can make things feel a little longer. Cause you're just like, well, you know, is something about to happen? Is something going to happen? And, and nothing does. And then in other scenes, it does happen. But uh, what'd you think of uh, drive my car? Uh, very similar. Uh, analysis i'd say i do think that it was long and i do think it was good i think the reason it was long is because it was as a matter of fact long it was almost three hours um and that's a that's a tough runtime for a movie like that when you're talking just you know a kind of slice of life drama type of movie but i do think it was really good uh very well shot a lot of cool visuals um yeah i don't know it's I don't have a whole lot I could say about that. It was interesting, but yeah, I, I, not my best picture pick either. And I can't, unfortunately, I can't say if it'd be my favorite foreign film of the year because I doubt I've seen all the movies in that category either. Um, yeah, and I don't think I have either. And we'll get to that. There's there's five of them. Uh, one of them is actually coming to Criterion in June, the worst person in the world. Uh, from Norway so that one that's like uh, 
or those other ones that there's a couple like marriage story where you know they come out and then they immediately come on criterion which is always nice uh okay next one i think uh we'll have a good little talk about this we we're there we're at dune dune has been nominated for 10 oscars including best picture and i think it is more than deserving of those 10 though we'll talk in a short second about why it should be 11 uh, because there's one very serious uh, missing category there in best director but dune is on here uh to me that's my win for the year dune was my it was either i kept flip-flopping it was my top movie or my second to top movie but i love dune i know you love dune too and dad loved dune which was great uh <laughs> dude what was the thing we said about dune or no that was tenant that it's a 10 in it uh, yeah <laughs> but my, did we have one for dune joke. i don't know dune? i don't think so yes yeah, so, i don't remember but um yeah dude what do you think about dune being on here and having so many nominations i think yeah it, well what's funny is you're talking about where do you find the uh sort of middle ground between commercially successful films and artistic films i feel like dune is probably the closest we have on the list I agree. You no, know, and I would put it in, you know, more often you'd see that that kind of crossover movie being a Christopher Nolan or Quentin Tarantino. I think Denis Villeneuve is the sort of the next guy on that mm-hmm. list that's kind of bridging that gap. I really love Dune, of course. Uh, it wasn't my favorite movie of the year, and I think part of that was because of the fact that it was just a part one. I don't like that sort of open ended prequel sequel thing where it's like, oh come on, just t- like I'm here to. Right enjoy the story give me the full story and if they were going to do that just put them both out at the same time make it an epic double feature i don't know probably a terrible financial decision to do that but i just want i just <laughs> want to watch the rest of it that's that's you just problem. sleep through the credits of the first one and that gives you the rest yeah you're, you that's your intermission is a little nap between the movies as the credits are rolling and you know it'd be cool too is if they just put the sand on the screen with like some han zimmer score and you just sleep and then it you know the sand whisks away into the second movie starting and then you be... wake up with that Whoa, yeah that's right <laughs> excuse me uh next up we've got king richard uh oh and by the way dune is on hbo max as well just came to hbo max i believe a week or two ago so if you have not seen dune you okay, gotta back. check it out it came yeah. back uh just like terminator and king richard is in that same vein right now king richard is set to come back to hbo max it premiered there uh, but right now you can only catch it in theaters if your theater is even showing it or pay for it on demand. But I'm pretty sure in April, it's either early April or late March, it comes back on to HBO. And we are in late March, so it's probably early April that it comes back to HBO. Uh, have you seen Ken Richard? I did not. I just missed that. I mean, I, I guess I'm in that dead zone because I was just hopping on HBO to try and watch it the other day. And apparently it had already been taken mm-hmm. off. I don't, I don't like the whole exclusivity thing. I mean, I understand. Actually, no, I don't understand why they're doing that because they put it on there to begin with as like a dual premiere. Right. As, you know, sort of a COVID thing, which is great. But I don't know why you'd take it off. It's probably not going to have any major effect on the box office, right? I agree. Or are they trying to do that to make people rent it on there? Yes, yes. Okay. So I agree with what you're saying, but it is because they, they keep it on there for it's like a 30-day window. Yeah. And then from there it goes digital. And so then they're now in the digital space. And so the, the opposite of that is like Disney for specific movies, they'll release it in theaters and not on Disney plus, 
But then at the end of that 30 days, they drop it on Disney Plus. So it's like whether you drop it early and then leave it off for a bit to try and make some rental money or some digital purchase money. But again, it's like, who, who are you trying to fool? Because everyone, like, if you saw that it was on HBO Max, it's going to come back on HBO Max. Don't buy a rental for it. Like, just wait a little bit longer. It's worth it. Uh, especially in terms of like, you know, King Richard is not inventing the wheel. Uh, it is your classic sports movie with its highs and its lows. Uh, that does not make it a bad movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and it's funny too, because the movies it's, I don't know how long it is per se. It's, it's over two hours. I think it's like two hours and 12 minutes. I feel like all these movies are, are kind of long this year, but yeah. by the end of it, when the movie ended, I was shocked. I was like, Oh, well, that's it. Like I, I need more. The mm-hmm. actors were so great. Will Smith did such a good job as did. Uh, I don't see if um, I saw her photo in here. I, I forget her name, but she was also in uh, Lovecraft country as the mom. She was okay. awesome in this as well. John Bernthal was in it too. Let me ask you this, Alex. Um, do you take issue with the, the movie being named after their dad instead of Venus and Serena? No, because the movie is the, about the dad. Okay. Uh, and that's Anjuani Ellis who plays uh, her, uh, Brandy Williams. But yeah, no. So the movie revolves, it's obviously it's about the daughters, but it's more so about how the dad developed them into what they were so it's more about his struggles of getting them to be and that's where it's i guess it's a great question because it puts it in a unique position where his whole thing is them so the movie's about both of them basically but in a but it's focused on and he's the main character in a sense Hmm. okay but it was good i mean hey you know me i love tennis you know you played tennis tennis too tennis anyone right exactly so uh that part (laughs) (laughs) that part was really enjoyable uh, and there's, again, there's just some insane moments of like Venus and Serena were just, they were stars. And it, it really goes to show too, if you, if you have the were. strength, uh, well, they were stars in this movie. <laughs> they are still stars now. They, I, man, I'm getting caught. Where are my notes? Where's my show notes here? Uh, Alex, are you about to pull a, a Jane Campion right now? Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh man, I'm getting sweaty. Uh, no, they, they did a great job in the film. Uh, outside the film too obviously i'm sure they're going to make an oscars appearance uh and as they should they are they are uh they're goddesses but uh but no it was great and uh next up we've got licorice pizza which is an mgm united artist movie so this was the last movie that we saw last movie at least i saw from all of this list you and i watched this two days ago yep. and uh we rented it that's right paul pta we uh we paid we each paid six bucks to see this movie and now that I see it's an MGM, who bought MGM? Stevie, do you remember that? We we're talking about I, that. I have no idea. No, well, Amazon purchased MGM Studios. Uh, so I think with enough time, this movie would have come to Amazon. Obviously, not in time for the Oscars, but uh, just an interesting thought to call out. Uh, I I liked Licorice Pizza. I gave it a seven out of ten as a good movie, and I gave it a seven out of ten because Heim is in this movie. All three of them, plus their parents, they're in this movie. And that bumped it for me from a six to a seven. So it's strictly on that. That was a kindness point. Otherwise, I would be giving this movie a six out of ten. The background of it was great. Like, I loved the setting. It reminded me of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, kind of, of just a couple of kids in the 70s, uh, you know, jaunting around. But the, the interesting thing that bugged me the most about this was 
it wasn't a couple of kids. <laughs> it was a 25-year-old and a 15-year-old. Maybe even older, because at one point she, she said, said her 28, age, and then she maybe? said 28, and uh, yeah. herself to 25. It doesn't matter either way, and I don't know what PTA's plan was with this, what the thought process was about kind of romanticizing a relationship like this. I did not like that at all. Uh, I appreciated and enjoyed the tete-a-tete that they shared where it seemed like you know every other 20 minutes one of them was with a different suitor right like she kept you know getting with all of the Hollywood people and then he would have these girls that were his age that would kind of be hanging out with him but then they'd always get jealous of each other and it's like no just stay in your lane you guys are good you're, you're doing it fine that way but then they'd always come back to each other and it was like this is super awkward really uh, bizarre inappropriate relationship that yeah i I feel pretty similarly. I I do think there were a lot of cool elements to it. I loved that whole, the stuff with Sean Penn and Tom Waits was really funny. Mm -hmm. And I also really loved uh, Bradley Cooper's bit and that whole thing with the delivery truck running out of gas. Yeah. But aside from that, yeah, it was just the entire movie. I was expected to sympathize with this 25 or 28 year old girl in like a, sort of crush relationship with a 15 year old it was weird I, I i don't support that yeah maybe that's why you know when we were talking about it uh you know like oh did, did they say licorice pizza they don't even mention why this movie is called licorice pizza and i think that might be why the movie is called licorice pizza because there might be some people out there that like licorice pizza but for the most part most people probably would not want licorice pizza and that makes sense to me because i i think most people would not be comfortable with that i had, I had looked that up and oh what'd you apparently, find well apparently licorice pizza is the name of a record store which seems really genius to call like a vinyl record a licorice pizza but that again oh, has basically yeah. no relevance to the movie at all i yeah. except to say maybe that's like a 70s reference but i don't maybe. know maybe maybe i don't know hey at least i i got to see the heim sisters and that's all that i was there for i mean that was the driving force behind me really wanting to see that movie and that uh you you referenced that the truck running out of gas that scene with her back driving down the road uh is probably i'd put that in fast and furious category of of driving scenes i thought that was really <laughs> impressive and she was nuts uh i thought that was great uh, but yeah, so that one's been nominated for three, uh, again, in theaters or now available for rental uh, for $5.99 if you're willing to shell that out. Next up, we've got Nightmare Alley, which is Fox, Sh uh -huh. Fox Searchlight, which is also Disney, which means that it is available on Hulu and also with their deal with HBO. So HBO Max as well. It's available on both of those sites. Uh, Nightmare Alley, we also watched together. And I really liked Nightmare Alley that I Guillermo del Toro. I thought this was a perfect film for him. I felt him throughout the movie. Like I was like, oh, that is so del Toro, the way they were doing certain things. Uh, I, I love the cast too. anything with Tony Collette gets my vote. But we also get a great performance from Bradley Cooper. Willem Dafoe is in it. And as a carny, which, you know, come on, he can play anything. But when you got to be a sleazy, sneaky guy, like who else are you going to get but the goblin himself? and oh, yeah. uh, so that was Perfect. great and um yeah so I, I i overall really enjoyed it uh, i i think i gave that one an eight uh what'd you think of it i liked it too i didn't like it as much and i it was kind of an odd in my mind an kind of an odd pick for best picture but i guess you know guillermo del toro got nominated for 
Shape of Water as well. Which oh, I like and he more. got nominated for Best Director along with that. Right, but that was, I mean, that won Best Picture, didn't it? Uh, yeah, it did, and he won Best Director. Kind of surprising to me, even in hindsight. It just doesn't seem like the kind of movie that would win Best Picture. And so I guess with that in mind, it's less surprising this one got nominated. I would be equally shocked if it won, if not more so, because I liked Shape of Water more. But it's a cool mm. movie. I can't deny that. Like, it's good. It's certainly a good movie. It's just, again, kind of surprising that it uh, got the nom, I think. But I, I did love um, the whole culture of the geek. Oh, I was just about to the do The jokes it. we were making about, uh-huh. oh, he'll geek. Oh, he'll geek. <laughs> I'm something <laughs> yeah. of a geek myself. It's a bit of a nod to the, there's a very old movie called Freaks. It's like 1920s or right. something. That's like a Hollywood classic in terms of, I don't know if it's like a band movie or whatever, but about a, you know, a band of uh, circus freaks. And I yeah. know there, there had to be a geek involved there. Oh, I'm sure there was. I'm sure. Oh, he'll geek. That, that to me was probably, and it's not a spoiler because no one's going to know what we're talking about, but that was the coolest twist that was like sitting in the back of your mind. Like, you're like, why do they keep talking about this? And why is he going into detail about this? But then when it's coming, you're like, oh, full circle. Excellent. Uh, so that that was really fun. Uh, okay, next up, uh, <laughs> we talked about it once, and that was probably too much. Uh, the Power of the Dog, which is available. Oh, uh, and this is not a, this is more of a, uh, a, whimper. a more of a whimper on Netflix. Uh, this movie's got a lot of controversy around it right now, too, with the uh, comments made by uh, Sam Elliott, uh, Cowboy's own, uh, along with some some uh, firing back by both uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and by Jane Campion. Uh, very interesting. And then uh, we... Jane Campion's own insensitive remarks. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? The, I don't know if that was the Golden Globes or what. But... Uh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was... Uh... Yeah, I don't remember what that was, but yeah, she's basically was comparing herself to the Williams sisters. Right. Which, yeah, she just, uh, and I do, okay, look, and we talked about this. I want it on the record. People probably are going to ask. I didn't agree with every single thing that Sam Elliott said, but I did agree with some of the things that he said around the fact that this just, it didn't. And I think that's probably why, right, by design, that this did not feel like a typical Western. It wasn't a typical Western, but at the same time, it just wasn't a good movie. Like the those criticisms that he had about it, I agreed with. Not the the homosexuality stuff. I I didn't even pick up on it until like halfway through when I was like, man, he keeps talking about was it uh, banjo Cotton Eye Joe or who? What was the like name? Big Cat Daddy. I don't even know <laughs> something like that. And then I'm like, okay, he talks about this guy a lot. Whatever the previous Hoss was named. That's right. And then we get the uh, the twist that we didn't even catch by the end of the movie that Harry had to point out to us afterwards because we're like, well movie just ends okay cool whatever and then he's like no but did you not see that and we we're like oh okay whatever yeah. who cares like great you got uh what's <laughs> it uh, cody smith mcbee uh in it as well but hey you know you know what they say uh it's enough to get you 12 oscar nominations for this movie the, the highest amount of the oscar nominations here uh out of all of our categories absolutely crazy i i mean I will be, I'm interested to see. I think the, unfortunately, I think that the power of the dog, it's, it's best picture category to lose. It's its category to lose. 
And I think it will lose. I think, I think there are some other ones that are coming again. A lot of these other awards have been going to things unlike that, but we saw like what you said, Jane Campion's winning a lot of things. And, uh, and I'll get into that here in just a second, but last one on here, we've got West side story. Uh, This is a Walt Disney picture, a remake of uh, a stage play, just how we like our movies and uh, just as long as probably the original and the stage play combined. Uh, it's almost three hours long. Uh, I watched it. I know you didn't, and that is totally fine. I, I said this to you. I, I was a big fan of West Side Story when I was in high school, and you pointed out that, I, that that was probably because there was a play of West Side Story at my high school. And I think that's true. But I just remember that I, when I was in theater, I would, be, I would sing, and I may have even done you know, in the theater class a thing for that when you're a jet. So I like, I liked the movie for that, but it just, you know, I'm just, I've never really been a huge musical fan of, of musicals like this. Like give me pitch perfect. Perfect. That's the kind of musical I like. Um, This movie looked pretty, but I wasn't a big fan of it. And specifically because I don't know how I didn't catch this in the watching the old one. And this is not a spoiler because this has been around for a long time, but the whole plot of West Side Story is, you know, the, the best friend of the Jets leader and that falls in love with the sister of the Sharks leader. And there's a big rumble and they fight and uh, the leader of the Sharks kills the guy's best friend. And so he kills the girl he loves brother. And then he goes to her house and she's still in love with him. And now it's this forbidden love. And all I, I, I immediately was like, how much longer is in this movie? Because if someone killed you, someone killed my brother, I think that relationship would be over at that point. I'd probably, yeah. I'd be like, I got to get out of here. And it's crazy too. Cause he's like, Hey, I just wanted to, I just wanted you to hear it from me before I turn myself in. And she's like, no, I can't lose you again. And it's like, excuse me. It just it was super problematic in that sense, but I will say that it was a definitely better representation in this movie than in the, the older one in terms of actually getting actors that are Puerto Rican uh, and, you know, of, of that culture versus I'm pretty, I was looking it up and uh, the main character, I think Maria, she's actually in this as an old lady, uh, but she was uh, Ukrainian. Yeah. I was like, that's not, but Hey, you know, again, that was, that was the fifties. And so I think, I think Steven Spielberg, because he just announced today to no one caring that this is the last musical he's ever going to do. He's only done one. I don't get this. Don't, did he do another? This No, year? this is the only one. He said, I'm not doing another musical. And I'm it, thinking, OK, must have paid him a lot to make it. I don't know. That would not. It doesn't seem like a choice he made. One day. I you know think, what I think I should do is remake West Side Story. I think part of it was that. But I also think he seen recently, Stevie, think about this, you know, with War Horse and he started with Jurassic Park and Jaws and E.T. And now he's doing The Post and Bridge of Spies. He did do The Post, right? And War I think Horse. So. Uh, and now this. I think he's, and, and to his credit, I would be probably doing the same thing if I was in his shoes. I think he's trying to check some boxes off his bucket list. I think he's saying, I want to do a musical i want to say that i did a uh you know a gripping noir movie i want to say that i did the the, is it the did he do the bfg i'm gonna to have to look it up but i feel like you know what i mean like i feel like he was like i just I want to hit so. every every single one of the categories so that means he needs to well he did an animated movie right he did uh um tin tin <laughs> oh, he did do tin tin oh he did ready player one that's right actually, oh, that's a cool to... he did do bfg 
He did. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, and he did Ready Player One. So there's your comic book video game movie type thing. So I feel like he just was checking a box and was like, hey, I want to I want to get these out before I die. Whoa, he's the executive producer on Animaniacs. Uh, and on he's a executive producer on the Halo series, the new Halo show that's coming out. And he was on uncredited as an EP on Shrek. So we can't. I, uh, I personally feel that. like he's kind of coasting. I don't. Oh, I no mean, doubt. You can't. You can't tell me that a remake of West Side Story is challenging anybody. Um, it's interesting to compare him to you know every Marvel fan's favorite director, Martin Scorsese. Mm, yes. Who. Uh, you know regardless of whether you agree with his opinions about whatever that is um scorsese like continues to make movies that are like challenging exciting gangster you know, movies. decades into his well not not no, even all i mean for example you look at um like silence or right. wolf of wall street wolf like wall those street. are still mm-hmm. game-changing like culture shifting movies that um i mean and this is like 40 years into his career where spielberg is not doing that anymore yeah, since uh, maybe he could, maybe he couldn't. I don't know. I mean, I think it all changed in the early 2000s because after he did Saving Private Ryan, he did AI artificial intelligence and they did Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can, The Terminal, War of the Worlds, Crystal Skull. And then he hit, then he started uh, going low. He hit Tintin, War Horse, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, BFG, Post, Ready Player One, and West Side Story. Uh, a, I mean, that's not to say those are all bad movies. Like, no, no, but it's it, there, it's but... a it's a decent variety though. So I think yeah. maybe that's what it is. And now I'm and kind nothing of curious. Like super challenging or like pushing, you know, the boundaries of film as we know it. Whatever, whatever that means. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to see. The, did he do anything? Oh, he's doing a mini series, Scorsese for Theodore Roosevelt. Um, but yeah, Silence, and then he, but then he did The Irishman, which was that was a good. The movie. Irishman, you know, for what it is, it's I mean, it's, that's a cool movie. But yeah, I, that one I can give. He kind of went back to the back to the stable. But you can, I mean, at least you could say that Scorsese has like an identity to his films. <laughs> that's true. Maybe Spielberg doesn't. The way he's just kind of phoning it in, it feels like on some of these more recent movies. Does that mean? And this is on the record. Does that mean that uh, Scorsese is lore if he has a? Uh, particular body of work that you know it's a scorsese movie that that would not be an original film but lore i you know this i think i thought i tried to disqualify directors as lore but if there's call outs i don't know if there's like little easter eggs in the mobster movies because you know like quentin tarantino he's got lore with the red apple cigarettes or whatever but sure. uh i don't know it, maybe scorsese's got some there could be like some scorsese uh de niro lore I was going to say, I feel like kind of got De Niro and Pesci too. Universe. Yeah. Joe Pesci and uh, what's his face? Was Ray Liotta in the uh, um, in Irishman? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to uh, this is this is a uh, Oscar special, a treat for all of you. I got to step back away from my mic so I don't screw this up. Stevie, I want you to tell me tell me a quick joke. What's a joke? I'm going to do a I'm going to do a Ray Liotta laugh. Oh, hey, yeah. Uh, uh, hey, tell me a joke. <laughs> I don't know any good jokes. <laughs> isn't that isn't that it? I think Close. so. Yeah. yeah I know it's of, a cackle. It's so good though. Reminds me of that gif. There's always that gif everyone throws out of Rayleigh really laughing. I think. Right, the one where he's like sitting at a desk. Um, but yeah, okay. So those are our best pictures. Out of all of those, my hope is my hope is for uh, Dune. But if I'm having to more realistically pick, I'd probably pick Coda. 
but we're about to talk about the best directors here and and i feel like there's there's something more sinister uh brewing but what about you what do you think about best picture from those nominees i feel like my personal favorite movie would be dune um i think there's in my opinion a uh, glaring omission from the nominations this year and that's french dispatch mm. and i know i'm not crazy in saying that because wes anderson's been nominated for plenty of oscars before and i think i feel like french dispatch should be right up the alley of the oscar people you know as a, i mean if anything for at least for elaborate uh, tribute to writers and everything yeah because it's I'm, i think it's probably his most impressive screenplay i agree but yeah um of the choices i would say dune personally but um yeah it wouldn't be my personal pick if you know among all the movies that came out yeah so uh so here's what we've got for best director and so i applaud them this time i think it's always been this way but all the other categories only have five nominees so they've got the 10 10 seed oscar best picture the rest are all five so we've got five best directors kenneth branagh who did belfast uh ryusuke hamaguchi who did drive my car pta paul thomas anderson for licorice pizza jane campion for power of the dog and Mr. Spielberg for West Side Story. So what I was saying earlier with Del Toro, and I read this, was that typically the movie that wins Best Picture will wins also director. win direct, and, but vice versa. Like if whoever wins Best Director, typically that's the movie. Like that was what happened with, with Shape of Water. That's what happened with Parasite. Uh, and I'm trying to think of some of the other ones where that happened, but it's, it's very consistent to the point where that's, you know, that's a trend. And with that in mind, Denis has not been nominated for Best mm. Director, which yeah. is shocking to me for just for that film. I mean, put aside that it's Denis, but the fact that he pulled this film off, a film that most people said couldn't be made, that only could have been made by Jodorowsky himself, and um, and he's not nominated. But you look at that, and, and uh, Del Toro is also not nominated this year. So I almost wonder, and I'm scared for it, that it's only going to be one of those best director movies that would be in the running for best picture, which is sad because Coda is not among that. And which leads me more towards Power of the Dog. That's what my fear is. Ooh, I know. I did, yeah. Can you Come imagine on, Jane coming up on, on stage again and saying something else? She's like, now listen, here's what I meant to say. <laughs> no, I, come on. I, it frustrates me that, that i don't know i don't know what to say i don't either that I, movie is so it's it, i wouldn't even consider it oscar bait it's just kind of like this drab yeah. drama and i mean i have a personal vendetta against it because it includes a few of my least favorite actors working <laughs> that being benedict cumberbatch and cody smith mcphee neither of whom i would like to see in any movies i think they should both throw That's the fair. towel in personally but anyway I would be frustrated and really upset if that movie won either best picture or best director, because it just feels like it was made by somebody asleep at the wheel. And that's no disrespect to Jane Campion. It's not like a, you know, her fault necessarily. I just, it's so dry and boring and nothing happens. Like nothing in she it. could have done. I mean, like she did the best job she could do and did a good job of it for what it is, but like what it is, is just not at all engaging for me yeah and it's an adapt so and we moving into adapted screenplays it's nominated for that so it's an it's adapted from something i think it's either it was a book or whatever it was i just to me that's where the oscar bait comes in because 
how could you read that and be like, this would make a really good movie? You know what I, I think about too, though, Alex? And this just came to mind. If you're saying it's adapted, I'm trying to imagine if, for example, Terrence Malick made that movie, it'd probably be really good. That's, yeah, you're right. right. It would. I just, as is, it just felt so bland and so boring. It did. There, I mean, I don't even remember. The score didn't really stick out to me. The perform of any of the performances, I was just happy to see Kristen Dunst. And she, I don't even think she's nominated in here. Oh, no, she is. Okay, oh, no, she is. She is. Yeah. She, is. What? Yeah. she and good. Jesse Plemons are both nominated. No, more than that. We've got 12 nominations for them. So uh, the entire cast gets nominated. Um, Wait, really? who else? We've got, so Power of the Dog has Best Picture, Best Actor for Mr. Benedict, Best Supporting Actor for Jesse and Cody, Supporting Actress for Kristen Dunst, but then also Directing, Cinematography, Film Editing, Music, Original Score, production design sound and writing adapted screenplay uh, yeah no thanks Log so you look out. at that look at that and you think okay the and where is that where is cinematography okay dune is on there i'm okay with that but you put power of the dog in there over eternals and again i i'm only picking that movie because that movie was gorgeous and i mean the, the, yeah it was like a malik movie in the way that the camera was is very specific when you watch the special features like they filmed with purpose, whereas that movie did not feel like they did. So again, I I personally wouldn't nominate that for cinematography, but I would definitely pick it over Power of the Dog, no question. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah. It, just as an example, I'm trying to think yeah. if there was there had to have been one or two other ones where you know there's just those certain movies where when you're watching them, to me that's how I pick my nominations is when I'm watching something and I'm like, like Batman, the Batman score. I would not, I would put that in the nomination category because multiple times during the movie, I was like, this music is so good. Or in like a Malik movie where multiple times when you're watching, you're like, God, this camera work is insane. Chivo is going off like in Revenant. And so to me, that's when you go, that deserves a nomination. And, and one I will always stand by is uh, John Goodman in uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I remember when we were in the theaters and I was like, he deserves to be nominated for best supporting actor. Oh yeah. Uh, didn't happen, but it's like, those are those little <laughs> moments and you, but here it always just feels like, Oh, this was a good artsy movie. Let's nominate them for every category in the movie. And it's like, but that, I don't know. It just feels like there's not a lot of thought put into it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I was just going to say that it makes you wonder how much thought these people actually put into the things. Cause it like the way that that movie got so many noms, it feels like, I don't know how many people actually make these decisions, but maybe it was like a group of them all got together the night before and we're like watched it and we're like it was just so fresh in their mind and like oh it was so good i don't know right no exactly it was i just can't relate because you've got i and like eyes of tammy faye it has a couple of nominations on here i'm looking to double check it has two okay so it has makeup and hairstyling and it has and best actress for jessica chastain both of those well deserved but i would have also thrown in uh andrew garfield though he already gets nominated for tick tick boom well deserved um but, but all, i have yeah we'll, we'll what get is there that? uh musical oh, okay uh b- better musical than west side story but mm. but also like to me i would have nominated that i would have put that as a best picture as well because the story was really good like the 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 fact i don't know just the seedy underbelly of religious uh commercialization I thought was really cool. Something I hadn't seen in a while, whether you call that best picture or best screenplay. Like I liked that, but they only throw it for there. Or like, again, Spider-Man No Way Home is only nominated for the classic, uh, basically where all the comic book movies go to die, right? Best visual effects. 
So if you nominated right. it for that, though, that means you saw Willem Dafoe's performance. That means you <laughs> saw the movie. And that means you saw, like, the cinematography. You saw the the sky. It's, it's a belabored at this point i'm going to call elmo on it and and we're going to move on but uh so we got adapted screenplays we've got coda drive basically all the all the best pictures coda drive my car dune the lost daughter and power of the dog lost daughter uh is on netflix and olivia coleman was also nominated in that along with jesse buckley uh yeah right i mean everything she touches turns to gold it's an easy nomination for it's just like the father last year surprised she's got the father the lost daughter i hope her next movie is is mother yeah loving Uh, mother loving mother taking care of mother mother's room um (laughs) we got original screenplays of belfast don't look up king richard licorice pizza and the worst person in the world which is that foreign one so again, okay. did they they ran out of spots and picked one other thing to fill to fill it from those best pictures. Very interesting. Um, best actor. Here's where we get some more variety, though. Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog. Andrew Garfield for Tick Tick Boom. So that was uh, it's a story about uh, and I don't remember the guy's name, but it's the guy who made the movie Rent. Or he didn't make the movie, but oh, he, he wrote, yeah, he wrote yeah, yeah, the yeah. play. I think I just saw something about that. Recently. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, he, he was a really good writer. And so the music is very, very thoughtful. And it's basically Andrew Garfield playing out his live performance of some, you know, one man show sort of thing. I really enjoyed it, though. And and like I said, a lot less, a lot more than West Side Story. Where uh, is that at? Is that that's on, on Netflix. Streaming? Oh, okay. That is good on Netflix. Know. Yeah. And I'd recommend it. I mean, even if you don't like musicals, if you like Andrew Garfield, you got to check it out because he just seeing him in Spider-Man and then seeing him in uh, eyes of Tammy Faye and then seeing him in this, I was like, Andrew's had a good year. Like he is, he's a really good actor. Uh, Will Smith in King Richard and then Denzel in the tragedy of Macbeth, which again, we get a best actor nom for that. And we also get, uh, it looks like I think production design as well. Uh, but nothing else. They they leave out all the other stuff. So it's like they they find these other movies to uh, it was three. OK. And cinematography as well. So I'm, that's on Apple, though. So I'm not going to be able to watch that. Um, any thoughts on that on Best Actor or any thoughts on any of the screenplay ones, Stevie? Um, it's hard to pick. I, re- I did really, really like Don't Look Up. I know that I feel like a lot of people are complaining about that being maybe too corny, but I do think it's a clever and timely screenplay for whatever that i mean i don't know how much that goes into their considerations but as far as well when you're comparing that's an original yeah but you're you're dropping it next to belfast which is a memoir and king richard which is based on real life and then licorice pizza which is licorice pizza so you're really only up against the worst person in the world which i can't speak to to, but don't look up is a really well written it uh, is i mean it's it's that's sorkin right um well, no, it's Adam McKay. Adam McKay, I that's right. Wrote I, it. I always mix that up. McKay does a really good job, too, because it's got that same whip-smart uh, thing as uh, Vice. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people, I mean, it's like kind of love or hate with styles like his and Sorkin, mm-hmm. where I personally enjoy it. It's Even if it's their own little niche, it's entertaining for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, what about uh, these actors? What do you, what's your money on? um God, it's also I, hard on this too i, I mean i guess it'd be I, on ben- benedict i hope and pray it's not Cumberbatch, I, man. I hope it's andrew even if you like benedict cumberbatch which obviously i don't 
I don't think he did a good job with the accent in the movie. And I don't think the <laughs> yeah. movie required a whole lot of acting from him. He really didn't do much of anything. I mean, except for what he was naked in the scene. Or is that he was, and he was also shirtless playing a banjo in bed. Yeah, but I, I'm I sure that know. took a little bit out of him. I think it was Big John. Maybe. I don't know what don't the know. name of the the guy was. But we'll never know. Uh, <laughs> in any case, who I sorry, remind me who else was nominated in. Javier, Javier Bardem, Andrew Garfield, Will Smith, and Denzel Washington. Uh, instinctually, I would say it's I would give it to, personally to either Javier Bardem or Denzel Washington. I don't I don't think I saw either movies that they were nominated for, but yeah, I didn't either. Wait, which was Being uh, the Ricardos is Javier. That's available on Amazon. That's also Denzel's, two hours and twenty minutes. Denzel's was not the little things, was it? No, the tragedy of Macbeth. Okay. Well, so that another, sounds like a classic uh type yeah, of movie too yeah but your classic yeah. remake of without movie. having seen those movies i'm sure it would be one of those two that i'd prefer yeah yeah okay uh all right we got best supporting actor <clears throat> which we've got syrian hines for belfast that's the grandfather he's uh i wish i could tell you what else he's been in um you'd see him though and you'd be like oh i know that guy uh troy kotzer from coda again He's won a bunch of awards. My money is on him winning it just because he's taken it and every other awards. Uh, Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog. Cody Smith McPhee for Power of the Dog. And uh, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos. Okay, first first things first. Is Being the Ricardos on any streaming? It's on Amazon. Okay, I... It sounds if it's got Javier Bardem and J.K. Simmons, I think I need to see that movie. And Nicole Kidman nominated for Best Actress. So it's Nicole, um, Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem. If you want to watch it, I'd be down to watch it. I just I know I wouldn't watch it on my own. We've got a week. We've got some time. Um, but yeah, uh, God, Cody Smith McPhee. I already said my piece on him. Jesse Plemons, I really like as an actor, mm-hmm. but he did nothing in that movie. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was in maybe like I feel like he was in like fifteen percent of the movie. It, yeah, it. Uh, well, I just who 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 behind the scenes at power of the dog is paying for all these nominations? jane I'm probably gonna, i'm gonna start the rumor mill here this is where the rumor mill begins Ooh, yes something's, something's afoot what's something right huh hold on i just got a text from jane campion she said <laughs> you better shut your mouth she said how dare you um you're just like venus and serena well i don't know what she's i don't know what at. i don't know what she means but hey she's listening so that's all i care about it's all it's all about the clicks uh, okay, best actress. This one's good. This, this to me, and this is so funny. I feel like this is every year. Best actress is like my favorite category now because I feel like we have gotten so many amazing performances and no disrespect to any of the men in the group. But I feel like each year it's like kind of like this one, right? Or if it's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, I don't really know who I'd pick out of that. But with best actress, it's always like, oh man, there's like four of those that I right. like to do <laughs> yeah. it. Like they are putting their hearts on the screen. So we have Jessica Chastain, Eyes of Tammy Faye. Give it to her. Just give it to her right now. Great performance. Olivia Coleman, Lost Daughter. Can't speak on that, but it is on Netflix. I may watch it before the show. Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers. Can't speak on that one either. Or with Nicole Kidman on Being the Ricardos. But we also have Case Stew for Spencer. Kristen Stewart. My girl. So my money is on it either being Kristen or Jessica. Jessica's been winning the awards, but I've been reading that it's possible Kristen could pull it out as well because of her nomination. Because now she's, uh, if she won, what was it? If she wins this, she'd have an Oscar and a Palme d'Or. 
Or the, the Cesar, yeah. Or the Cesar. Sorry, I always think it's the Palmer one, but yeah, the Cesar. Uh, so, yeah, what do you think about that? I oh. I mean, of course, I'm biased. I'm the huge Case 2 fan. But I really, really enjoyed her performance, and I think it is worthy of winning, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Jessica Chastain's is also great. Um, and I don't know the others. Yeah, yeah wait, what? No, there was another one in there. That Parallel Mothers with Penelope Cruz. It was that. Nicole Kidman uh, being the Oh, then Ricardos. I haven't seen You're right. Those are the only two I've seen. Yeah, that, that's right. And yeah, between the two, I would pick Kristen Stewart. And I, I that's honestly kind of a tough choice because I love Jessica Chastain too. She's, I know. She's another phenomenal actress. So many good movies under her belt. And uh, that's like a really unique performance for her. I haven't seen her in a role. Oh, yeah, like you kind that, of forget you know? that it's her while you're watching. But yeah. there's pieces of Kristen's performance, too, where I forgot that it was her as well. And I was like, this is so Diana. And, yeah, with my complaint about Benedict Cumberbatch doing a bad American accent for Power of the Dog, I will say, I think Case did a great British accent. I agree. I thought she for, did, too. Uh, Spencer, yeah. I That movie, I, I'm surprised that's not nominated for more. Is that I, the I, only nom it got? Was uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah, I feel like it should look, have yep, gotten just the one. cinematography, I think, for Pablo Lorraine's films are really great. He should have gotten probably Best Director. And maybe well. even a little bit of, uh, I was kind of noticing the score too, because it really, oh it my God. Me, a lot yeah. of it made me, reminded me a lot of Jackie. It was a, well, I was, I was a little heartbroken because the Jackie score was um, Mika Levi, and she's a phenomenal composer she did um, under the skin as well right. she's honestly one of my favorites and i was hoping that this you know is another pablo lorraine uh, biographical movie that we get her working for it again but i was it i think it's johnny greenwood for that movie is it oh and that's so funny because <laughs> oh man stevie oh no I, you might be right because i remember when i was looking i was like oh it's not the same it's just that he did the same movie but best original score johnny greenwood is on here for power of the dog let me uh let me make sure that i'm not uh speaking out of line here and make sure that he is yeah it is johnny wow that's embarrassing is, is that it's i don't remember any i don't remember any music from power of the dog i feel like the movie was honestly a silent movie um <laughs> but the music in spencer there was like a really haunting theme that like kept was, playing throughout yes. different variations oh my god that that's the kind of thing that i love in a movie because like I remember pulling up the soundtrack and looking for like particular tracks that I like, and they all kind of use this similar theme. And I was like, damn, that's, I love when they do that. Yeah. It just, it's. So man. Johnny, would, I, you know what? I hope Johnny Greenwood wins for power of the dog just to get up there and say, Hey, you know what? This wasn't even my best work this year. Get it together guys. Right. I hope so too. That'd be great. Um, if only, I mean, man, you know, it's funny. The only, the only true thing that I regret about power. <laughs> Uh, the only true thing I regret about Power of the Dog, besides watching, watching it, it, besides watching it, because that's the, the low hanging fruit, uh, besides yeah. watching it, is that I wasn't able to fall asleep during it. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you never uh, remember that? Only. Halfway through, we were like, "What the hell is going on in this movie? Like, why are we still watching this?" But we, this year, you know, it just kept rolling. Honestly, it was it hundred percent this year. And you know bank. what? I wish I wish Harry were here on today's podcast because harry really liked the movie he did he did and i would love to have this discussion i love the back and forth but i know with mank all three of us hated it and we were able to enjoy that laugh but poor harry is like the one guy who's not here to defend power of the dog as we dog on it 
that was with my, all of our uh, power. <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments of recording last year was I had done prior to our recording. Do you not remember? I did the uh, I did the recording of Mank Mania from uh, I think that was uh, is it either Clickhole or uh, the Onion, and it was <laughs> oh, that yeah. thing about how Mank Mania is sweeping Mank the nation. Sweet, yeah. Oh, and I, I, listeners, you'll have to double check. I, I could have swore I think I put a version of that in there. But I recorded it first off and I could I have the recording on my computer. I couldn't stop laughing while I was reading it. And it was so funny because I was trying to keep a straight face. But yeah, there's just there's always a mank. There's a, there's always a mank. That's the that's the lesson to be learned here. Uh, OK, best supporting actress. We've got Jesse Buckley for Lost Daughter. So, again, that's Lost Daughter's uh, third and last nomination, I believe. And uh, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Uh, She's June- a- She's she is not the uh, sister who I was speaking of. She is the girlfriend of that guy who died. Oh, okay. I did not. She did a fine job, but I never once was like she should be nominated for something in this. I did. She's from uh, I think she's from Hamilton, and I've heard some people say, "Oh, you know, she's amazing." I just I, I I didn't get it. I mean, I guess great. Good for her. I'm happy for her. I'm just saying I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Belfast, Judy Dench. Uh, same thing there. She was great in the movie. I thought she was perfect as the grandma. Uh, she has like four lines. So I do not think she deserved to have that as well. Uh, but either way, again, Judy Dench, I'm glad to have her. We got Kristen Dunst, Power of the Dog, and then Anjuane Ellis from King Richard. So she was nominated. Okay. And so if we're picking between all of those, I'd probably pick Anjuane Ellis. Uh, just in terms of all in terms of the performances that are given in all of these she gives the most emotional performance i loved seeing Kristen dunst but just like everyone else there i just didn't there was nothing that i felt from her performance unless i'm yeah. missing something i don't know if i want to talk about it but from uh, what Kristen you... does yeah no see that's the thing and like i admire her as an actress mm-hmm. I, yeah I, it's nice to see her kind of back at it because i i feel like she doesn't do a whole lot She's very picky. But yeah, I like, I guess if I had to pick a favorite role in the movie, I think it would be hers. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it was like, it, it just didn't, nothing really struck me in that movie at all. Yeah. So maybe we, had, maybe I mean, we need yeah. to give it another glance. What do you say? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no. <I'm kidding>. Uh, <clears throat> no. Uh, I'll pass. Is there a way that I could, you know, how like on Xbox, you can, you, you know, you got your game downloaded and then you delete it. But it's in the uh, it's in the in ready to install section. But you can click it there and archive it. I wish you could do that on Netflix, and so I don't even have to see it when I'm scrolling. Uh, if you know what I mean. Uh, okay, we've got best animated feature. We've got five: Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, you and I both, I believe, have only not seen Flea. Uh, which right. is available on Hulu. Uh, Encanto, Luca, and Rhea are all available on Disney Plus, and The Mitchells versus the Machines is available on Netflix. Uh, we just watched that Mitchells versus the Machine over the weekend as well during our catch up. I loved that movie. I uh, had a feeling I would, and I was really pleased that I did because it just it was so creative and really really fun. And it really took a twist on the whole perfect family or imperfect family sort of thing uh, to the absolute max. And, I, you know, I was smiling as we were watching it because... Wait, are you talking about Mitchell's and the Machines or Encanto? Because I think that could be said about both. 
Uh, you know, honestly, yeah, we can say this. Uh, we'll see how much it deviates here in the next few minutes. But uh, the fact that the entire world ended in like the first 10 minutes of the movie, uh, which, you know, you kind of expected from the title of Mitchell's versus the machines. But I just love that whole concept because you could have made an entire movie about the lead up, right? Like you could have had a movie about them trying to be a family and going to college and all of this. And then, the, you know, the machines attack. But instead, we get that all knocked out right away, and now it's an apocalyptic movie, and it's an animated apocalyptic movie. So I, I just thought that was so cool. I loved the the synchronicity of everything. That like the fact that he wanted to drive her to college. If he hadn't have done that, she would probably be dead or be you know in captured in that giant thing because she would have been at the school. Uh, I, I just loved it. I thought that was a great yeah. movie. I agree. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, it was the like I guess it would be the editing style was very unique. Mm-hmm. especially for an animated movie there's a lot of little drawings and stuff overlaying the screen there's like you know inserts of like meme clips and stuff which was a little jarring but it was honestly kind of endearing i guess because it felt very i guess i don't know youth friendly just like not even like kids just like maybe teenagers i guess right like but very progressive um, in that sense almost like spider-man into the spider-verse and in, yeah. in, in the sense of its animation style but I, I noticed that too it reminded me of a comic book yeah, but it, I mean, it was it was definitely refreshing and like, mm-hmm. um, you know, a nice departure. But I will say that I think this category is honestly pretty stacked this year because it is just on those movies, the ones that we have seen. I I mean, I think both Mitchell's and the Machine and Luca are great movies. I think oh, yeah. I don't even know which of the two I liked more. Luca's also really good, though. And then Encanto is a good movie. And Ride and the Last Dragon is like that'd be like my sleeper pick from this category. Cause I, I don't, th- I don't like it as much, but it's like, that is a very cool, like imaginative yep. story. I love the, the lore kind of, I mean, not lore, but. Whoa, wait a minute. Hold a, on. Say that again. Whatever. It, lore is the wrong word. Mm-mm, it's okay. It's sort of like a, I guess it would be like tradition, the traditional stuff in there, the, you know, different uh, imagery. I don't know. No, it I know what just, you mean. That, it was you really know what I mean. cool yeah. when, when they were traveling and they went to each uh, area of the world, basically. Yeah, well, right? the whole it was thing like is based culture. on like some ancient prophecy and stuff with the dragons of the you know mm-hmm. days of yore, whatever. That I just thought that was was yeah. a very cool story. Super cool. Even if the execution maybe wasn't as strong as it could have been, I thought that was like I'd honestly watch that one again because oh yeah, I'd watch cool any watch. of these again. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you. I think if I was picking of all of these, if it was me, I would probably pick Luca. But like I said, I'd, I'd be, and I just because I haven't seen Flea, I'd honestly be happy with any of these winning. I have a feeling and my money is on Encanto to win. Yeah. Encanto was awesome, really good. Just like all, and, and you know, diss Disney as much as you want, but their bread and butter is their animated movies, both Pixar and Disney Animation Studios. And so they, I feel like they know that because it's like, okay, if we're going to put a movie out, we have to kill it. And I feel yeah. like they do that every single time. Sure. There's, you know, okay, this joke didn't land and this was corny, but when you talk about the animation, it just yeah. keeps getting better and better. Like the Encanto was just so beautiful to look at. I loved the way they showed everyone's powers. The music was great. The, uh, the whole family dynamic I loved as well. I still don't understand why don't, you know, we don't talk about Bruno is, as big oh, a deal don't. as it is. And I don't, that wasn't even the song that was nominated. It's it was Dos TikTok, Oda, Oda Is that what it is? I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Cause that oh. was like something that blew up on TikTok. And it's funny. Oh. Cause I, you know, I, I, being on TikTok, I, I have a lot of respect for Gen Z humor and I think they, 
are very funny, but then something like we don't talk about Bruno blows up. And I remember that every generation's got their nerds, right? Their theater kids that enjoy it. Cause I personally, like, I really liked, you know, like you said, the animation was great. I love the story, the family stuff, all the like cultural things going on was great, but I just do not like musicals. And so I was in general, just kind of annoyed with how musical it was, even though some of the songs were good and like, mm-hmm. obviously the all the sequences way. and performances were good. I just like, that's why that of the four that I've seen, that's the lowest on my list because it's so musical. And like having heard those songs on repeat through like TikToks and stuff, which obviously the Oscars are trying to capitalize on with including some sort of performance of that. They're not going to, they're not, I don't think they're doing that song though. They are. They, I know. I just saw, I saw like a, it was some sort of thing announcing wow. like different things they were doing. There's going to be like some tribute to James Bond, like 50, it was however many years of Bond. Congrats like Bond, 100 years. years. Of, yeah. And then like 50 years of the Godfather. And then it, they, they build it as like first ever live performance of We Don't Talk About Bruno, which I'm like, Oh that's clearly designed just to pull in the people that that's the only thing they care about. It's hey, like, come on, man. I guess they got to do it. Yeah. I will say, and I, I agree with what you're saying. I did not think that it was a musical when I first watched it. And when the, when the first song came, I was like, Oh, okay. Like that sounds pretty cool. But then it was the classic musical format of like, you know, you get five minutes of actual dialogue and then yeah. the next song starts that frustrated me, but there were some great songs on there. My favorite yeah. song was the, the super strong sisters song. Uh, yeah, that was I, a good one. I, I loved that one. I thought that, and I mean, even, even "Don't Talk About Bruno" was fine, but then the fact that it just, it's just got the, yeah, the so cult following that surrounds these things. That's it's the same thing with like Frozen, where yeah, exactly that one song became such a big thing for people, and it just, I mean, it ruins it for somebody like me who doesn't like musicals to begin with. I'm already kind of like making concessions to be like, yeah, it's good, and then I have to hear it on repeat, and I'm like, okay, please, please yeah. spare me. Uh, okay, so hey, we'll, we're going to hit a couple of other ones, and then uh, we'll wrap this puppy up. So just like the Oscars, we won't be diving too deep into best documentary, documentary short, film editing, or not film editing, but um, you know the, the smaller films that they have on here. But next up, we got best cinematography, uh, which we got as Dune, Greg Frazier, Nightmare Alley, Dan Lauston, uh, Power of the Dog, Ari Wegner. Tragedy of Macbeth, Bruno Del Bonnell, and then West Side Story by Januszk Kaminsky. Kaminsky. Uh, I would, of all of these, I would pick Dune. Um, I haven't seen Tragedy of Macbeth, but again, Dune just, I mean, Dune captured me the entire movie. And I think I immediately, if you go, oh, well, why, why Dune? Like, okay, how about the first five minutes of the movie when all the space stuff is going on and they're, they're coming to the planet? Like that alone was gorgeous and then them in the sand oh mm-hmm. man just so much yeah that was i agree the cinematography was really great on dune i do think that it wasn't like it wasn't all that colorful and i know that it really wasn't supposed to be given the settings but mm-hmm. but that would be that would be more for um i would say like production design than cinematography because it doesn't yeah. really matter what the cinematography you're right about the camera that's a good point well, let's move to that, though, because that's there. Dune's on production design. Uh, but again, it's not just the colors, right? It's the the whole production ensemble. We got that, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of oh Macbeth, West Side Story, same old, same old. That's Power why I'm going to skip. What, a house? Oh. A house and looking out at a field? Who production designed that field? His hey, Benedict, Benedict, take those chaps off and get in that river. We're going to have Cody come over here and spy on you. Like, what kind of production design? Okay, I'm just... <laughs> 
Obviously, I'm going to skip over some of these vendetta. categories <laughs> that are just a lot of the same. And so I'm going to skip to some of the more unique categories. So we have best original song, which we have Be Alive from King Richard, Dos Oreguitas, or Oreguitas from uh, Encanto, Down to Joy from Belfast, No Time to Die from No Time to Die, ah, yeah. and Somehow You Do from Four Good Days. Uh, which is its own. It's its only nomination. I think I saw Four Good Days is on. It was on Netflix or something. I was like, oh, that's interesting. No, it's on Hulu. There's a bunch of things that are nominated on here, Stevie, that are on streaming within the. Uh, and that's what I'll call it. I'm not going to talk about these categories, guys. But uh, before we wrap up, I am going to tell you where you can watch all of them if you're interested. So um, of those songs, honestly, I don't even know which of those that I would pick. I mean. No Time to Die, I thought was okay. It was Billie Eilish. Yeah. Uh, and I thought she did fine, but it wasn't yeah. like, it, it wasn't Adele good. It wasn't, um, i trying to think, uh, you know. Oh, from, I'd love the Jack White and Alicia yeah, Keys. Yep, so one of my favorites. Yeah, another Way to Die. Was, was that what it was called? Uh, yep, so. yep. I know. It's just Another Way to Die. Um, Down to Joy from Belfast. I don't even really remember that. Again, Dos Order Beat This. I only saw the movie once, so I'm not sure. And Be Alive from Yeah. Tough original song category this year is what I'd say. I don't even know. If I picked, I guess I'd probably pick Encanto to win. Yeah, I agree. Just because those are the catchiest songs of them all. Um, score. We've got Nicholas Bratel for Don't Look Up. Hans okay. Zimmer for Dune. Jermaine Franco for Encanto. Alberto Iglesias for Parallel Mothers. And Johnny Greenwood for Power of the Dog. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so I know what I said about wanting Johnny Greenwood to win just so he could say that. But honestly, of course, my pick here is going to be Hans Zimmer for Dune. Yeah, me too. Me too. That score was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, here's an interesting one. Best makeup and hairstyling. We've got Coming to America, the sequel to Coming to America. Wow. Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. Mm. very uh, very a lot of variety there and i think a lot of uh, well-deserved categories in there i if i'm picking here i would say my makeup and hairstyling i'd be deciding between cruella and tammy Faye. yeah but house of gucci i still haven't seen that i really wanted to but yeah i guess jared leto's jared leto. got a crazy transformation in that one that yeah i i want to see that still but yeah i i think i generally agree i would say honestly either house of gucci or eyes of tammy Faye. mm-hmm yeah. But yeah, that is a nice category there. Yeah, very interesting. Um, last one we will do on here. We've got best visual effects. So again, this is the best visual effects. Sometimes I wonder if this is the popular film category. Uh, we got Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Hmm. This is visual effects? Visual effects, yeah. Very interesting. I know, I know. Keep in mind, and I hope I hope they keep this in mind, that we've got, we, meaning me, and all of the listeners, have an opportunity to have another Marvel movie be an Oscar-winning film. <laughs> well, it's, I, I think my pick might be Shang-Chi from those. Yeah. Just because, I mean... No, no way home didn't feel like it had as much what about visual the, effects uh, stuff going on the scene where strange takes spidey into the mirror dimension when he's trying to get the box back 
Oh, that was kind of cool. Wasn't that sort of like an inception? Yeah, exactly. Thing. You got that plus the all the portals and going back and forth, the giant battles and fights. But I get with Shang Chi too. I just keep thinking for Shang Chi. I just keep thinking about those like dragon dog things that Uh, that were super cool. Mm -hmm. And the dragon and that giant fight between the dragon and the the. I was gonna say the death dealer but it's the the one who dwells in darkness the whole like um changing maze thing was cool too changing which one the, like the maze they had to drive through oh the changing like maze yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yep that was really cool so yeah i mean i'd be happy i'd honestly my pick would be either spider-man or shang chi i'd be happy with either of those i think they're deserving i think dune can pull off some wins in other categories free guy i can take or leave and no time to die i don't know i don't know why they picked that comparatively to again eternals could have been put in this category with some of the gorgeous visual effects that they had there Um, but i don't know so we'll see so like i said as i promised last bit if you guys are interested um we've got uh i'm going to list these off as fast as i can get your pens and papers out you can also find this at thegoldnight.com that's where i print off my ballots my oscar movies checklist um, we've got Ascension documentary feature on Paramount Plus, Attica on Showtime, also a documentary. Uh, you got Coming to America, we just mentioned that's on Amazon, Cruella on Disney Plus, Serrano was nominated for costume design, that's still in theaters. Uh, you got Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Encanto, uh, Flea, again, we mentioned that animated feature film and also documentary feature and also international feature film uh, nominations on Hulu, Four Good Days. Uh, which was nominated for original song on Hulu, Free Guys on Disney Plus, and on, I believe, Hulu? HBO. HBO, right? thank you. Yeah, that's one of the two. Uh, Hand of God right. is international feature film from Italy on Netflix. House of Gucci, you got to pay for it to rent it, but it's just for makeup and hairstyling. Uh, that was something I think people were talking about as a, a snub for uh, not nominating Jared Leto or Lady Gaga. Well, I mean, seriously, though, what's next? Lord Goo Goo? I had to throw that in. Uh, Lost Lost Daughter we got on Netflix. Luca's on Disney+. Plus. Luana, A Yak in the Classroom is, uh, you got to pay for it, and it's free on Canopy, apparently. This is an international film from Bhutan. Mm -hmm. Uh, No Time to Die, got to pay for it, or Fly Southwest. Parallel Mothers, that's in theaters. That's right. That's right. Uh, I think that's also on American, too, though. Um, Spencer, that's on Hulu. Summer of Soul, documentary feature, that's on Hulu. And then Tragedy of Macbeth, we said that, Apple Plus. Worst Person in the World, another original or international film, that's in theaters only. And Writing with Fire, documentary feature uh, on PBS starting on the 28th. Also, you can pay for it. And I'm not going to dive into the uh, short films, uh, but again, check it out, goldnight.com. Um, you can get your checkoff list, get your ballot in and see how we compare. Uh, this is, I'll admit, this is probably going to be one of my worst years in predictions just because, as we've said, there's, I can usually feel things out. I was even Googling to look for uh, Oscar predictions. And my go-to, if you remember last year, we, we did Variety and uh, they don't have a thing. They just have a, a paragraph talking about their guesses versus each category having breakdowns. So even they are a little confused. Things have been up in the air, but we will see. The Oscars are Sunday, March 27th, uh, <clears throat> which is coming up. And uh, we're recording this on the 22nd. So in five days, this Sunday, I believe it's on ABC. Uh, so tune in and check it out. Stevie, thank you so much for taking some time out of your evening. Of 
to uh, talk about these movies. I hope I hope all the ones that you want to win win. <laughs> I, I just hope Power of the Dog doesn't. Yeah. Everything. I think at the end, though, we know who the real winners of this are. Yeah, fans of film everywhere. I was going to say the movie executives, but oh. uh, you might be you might be right as well. That's so, what I, that's my go-to for like I know for sports. Super I know cool, yeah. that's why I set you up. But uh, I know most of the fans of film are not uh, fans of the Oscars and uh, their stuff per our opening conversation. But that's right. Thanks everyone so much for listening. I'm your host Alex Klein. This is Comics and Cinema, and we will see you at the movies.